What's up, you guys? It's your boy, Remy. And Christian. And welcome to the Vessels Podcast. It is officially episode one. We are so stoked to have you guys along with us. There are so many topics that we want to talk about, but we got something very specific for you guys today. Christian, what are we talking about? We're talking about COVID-19. What's that? COVID-19 is a global pandemic that has affected literally everyone on earth. Um, I got some statistics pulled up on my laptop here. Some scary statistics, including the fact that in the United States alone, there have been 1.52 million confirmed cases. And of those, nearly 90,000 people have died from the coronavirus. That's a big number. Worldwide, deaths are at 315,000. Woof. That's... That's actually shocking. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what about COVID? I mean, like you said, this is a global pandemic. Are you saying that like, what do you mean by this has affected a lot of people? What does that mean? Well, what's you saying? The reason it's such a big issue is that it's spread in between people extremely easily. Okay. Like if I have it, you definitely have it. Wow. Because I could sneeze. I could breathe. I could touch you and if it's on my fingers and it touches you then you get it it's pretty insane fascinating yeah. okay so are you saying that there's like some kind of like lockdown right now or something like that yeah yeah so it's called social distancing and the point of it is to not be around other people basically okay. got you mm-hmm. how is that going it's going it sounds um, like it's like it might be hurting like the economy. Definitely. I feel like. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I know that at least locally, any restaurants have that primarily focus on dining in have been extremely affected. Yeah. Um, warehouses and the malls have been shut down. So I know wow. JCPenney has already filed for bankruptcy. You're and- saying I can't go to Zoomies right now? No, dude. Man. No. Shoot, dude. It's, yeah. It's like a, this it's is a, really so. This is serious. Yeah. This is actually like you're not joking. Like I'm not even. You're joking. being 100 percent serious right now. Yeah. I can't go to the mall right now. No, you can't. What am I supposed to do? You with can't my even go days? to the skate park or. Let me tell you, Christian. Like, there are two things you can do in Arizona. Okay. Okay. You can go to the mall. Okay. And you can go to Dutch Bros. Okay. Can I do those things? You can go to Dutch Bros. So. I can go to Dutch Bros. Yeah. You can't go to the mall. I can't go to the mall, but I can still get my Dutch Bros. Yeah, because it's drive-through. And because Dutch Bros offers food and beverages, it's uh-huh. considered an essential service. Uh, and so, well, I mean, it is pretty essential to my day. Oh, absolutely. Coffee is the lifeblood of champions. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything else. Amen to that, brother. Yeah. So, put that on a billboard or something. So, essential businesses, which have been deemed essential by the government, you know, apparently getting your hair cut wasn't. So, barbershops were closed. Oh, man. There's, there's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot that's going into this and it's been devastating to my hair and the economy. So it sounds like a lot of people have been impacted by this. Everyone. Everyone has been impacted by this. Everyone has. I Okay. Rumor has it the unemployment rate is past what it's ever been in the history since the Great Depression. Is this yeah. true? We got like over like 30 million people unemployed right now. Yeah. I think that's That's true. crazy. That is crazy. Wow. Man. Sorry, I'm just trying to wrap my brain around this right now. It sounds like to me that there's a lot of uncontrollables happening in this world right now. 
Absolutely. Um, there is, I think a lot of people finally are realizing because of how much is happening that is out of their control that they used to think were things that were steady and stable in their life. Yeah. And now that it's gone out of control, mm-hmm. now that they, they're losing their job at mm-hmm. a place that was financially stable and consistent, yeah. it's been a huge shock for... Wow. So it sounds like to me that there's a lot of people that are maybe like unemployed or are stuck at home a lot. And it sounds like they're almost like victims of like this deathly virus that's going around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people are definitely having kind of adapting this victim mentality. Okay. Um, and I actually have the definition of that pulled up here. I think I got it from Wikipedia. Victim mentality. Yeah. So the definition of victim mentality is an acquired personality trait in which a person tends to recognize or consider themselves as a victim of the negative actions of others and to behave as if this were the case in the face of contrary evidence of such circumstances. Um, But the way that I see victim mentality and how I'd like to discuss it is that you're playing the victim in a situation that you do have control over, but believe that you don't. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so it's makes sense. Pretty straightforward, but I guess to maybe take it a step further, like, why do you think people maybe take that position? Why do you think people maybe go with the victim mentality in a like state like this? I think that there's a lot of reasons why I think that a lot of people don't want to take responsibility for a lot of the things that they can control. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people too have unrealistic expectations for what they deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they think that they're entitled to the job that they have, to the things that they own, to a lot of the freedoms that we have in America that even if you just look at other countries, um, things that people aren't entitled to over there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that when those things are stripped away, a lot of people just go into this mindset of, oh, poor me, like there's nothing I can do. This is horrible. But I think that people definitely do have power to control the things that they can control. But they believe because of these external circumstances happening that they're losing the power that they do have over their own lives. Yeah. Do you feel like this is also something that like could be because of maybe like past situations and past like circumstances that people have gone through before? Yeah, especially coping mechanism. Yeah, especially um, in the literal sense of the definition, I think that the victim mentality is adopted uh, because of maybe some trauma that people have experienced. And it's definitely a legitimate thing where people have, yeah, it says an acquired personality trait in which they tend to recognize or consider themselves a victim of the negative actions of others. So maybe the way that they were treated as a child definitely had an effect on uh, the way that they perceive certain situations yeah, and can, they can be triggered by things that happen. Got you. Yeah. No, we definitely don't want to make light if maybe any of you guys have ever gone through a situation in the past, some kind of traumatic experience. Um, and it can be very natural in life to cope with that in different ways. And one of those ways can definitely be playing the victim role. But if we're being completely honest, being the the victim or playing the victim mentality doesn't really get you anywhere. Even if you're right, like even if you are in the right in the situation of whatever your circumstances are, 
most often what is associated with the victim mentality is a sense of immobilization where you're not actually going anywhere. You're sitting back, you're pointing fingers, you're telling everyone else that they're doing wrong. Or I guess in this case with coronavirus, this COVID-19 thing going on, it sounds like people are pointing fingers at the virus, maybe even at like the government or different institutions, maybe different countries that maybe like were the source of the virus, if that may be so. And they're pointing fingers, but they're not really doing anything. Because it sounds like we're on lockdown. It sounds like we're yeah. not supposed to like do anything, right? Like we're supposed to stay at home if like, you know, we need to protect ourselves and like be social distancing to try and mitigate yep. how much of the spread of this virus is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would you say so? Yeah. Okay. So I guess with that being said, let's maybe shift this conversation into talking about how we can maybe take a step back from a victim's mentality or heck, maybe you don't have the victim mentality, but you just ain't doing anything during this coronavirus. I know that like for us that we've been fairly productive in everything that we're doing and try to take advantage of every moment we can. But a lot of you guys out there maybe don't have that kind of direction, don't have that kind of guidance or that advice or that kind of uh, support group around you that's giving you guys that insight and encouragement and even accountability to make sure that you're making the most of the time that you have. But Christian, lean in on on what it means to take advantage of the time that you're in, regardless of it. And even through it, man, consider it joy. Like, how do you, how do, you do that? Yeah, so there's a great Bible verse that applies directly to this. Um, that is James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance let perseverance finish its work so that you may be that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything mm, that's um, good that's super good especially for a time like this yeah. um, i think it's really easy to look at a situation that you're in and see circumstances as just a really negative thing that's happening to you um, to be experiencing trials and to be sucked into the emotions and to thinking through the things that you cannot control yeah. and getting stuck in that headspace of, oh, I wish this, oh, I wish that. Um, I think it's really easy to do that. But I think it's really important here to note that the Bible is telling us to let perseverance finish its work so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I think the first step to really taking advantage of trials and tribulations is to have the perspective that what you're going through is going to make you a better person in the end. Yeah. Um, I know that's something that I recently went through and, and could apply to anyone going through, um, uh, you know, being on lockdown and, and socially distancing, um, is that I'm, I've been experiencing something where I realized that I got a lot of value from the way that people treated me and loved me. And I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to, like how they're doing is deeply impacted by how other people are treating them um, and their circumstances. Um, and so I recently went through an experience where I got a lot of hurt and pain from someone who I thought was close to me. Um, And through that, I had to understand and began to understand that the actions of others can't be my ultimate source of joy and identity. 
Um, and so this also applies to your day-to-day life. Like you can't just find joy and satisfaction and identity in your work. Yeah. You can't find it in the money you make or the things that you do. Um, and so when I was experiencing that, I had to see the wrongdoings of others towards me as an experience to understand God's love and grace. Um, let's see. So when I experienced hurt from someone else, I saw it as a way to understand how I hurt God and my relationship with God by sinning. And to know that God, that Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, fully knowing the things that I did and am going to do to him in the future helped give me a perspective on the situation that I was in. So to see that Jesus Christ loves me and forgives me and has grace and mercy towards me, despite the things that I do to hurt my relationship with him, it allowed me to kind of experience those emotions and to see an example and to follow that example in that when someone is hurting me, I, because I'm loved by Jesus Christ and because my identity is in him, I then am able to love them and give grace towards them because he first loved me. Yeah. And so I think that that can be applied to the coronavirus situation in that we need to place our identity in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. um, and knowing that he is steadfast and loving us yeah. and to be able to experience the situations that we're going through and have perseverance through it so that we can understand him more and grow and become mature and increase wisdom through those situations. Yeah, that's really good. So it sounds like what you're saying is that by going through a difficult experience in your life, it opened up your perspective to seeing things differently than you did before. Yep. Which it sounds like this coronavirus is at like a much larger scale and it's impacting millions, not even if not just billions of people mm-hmm. across the world. But yep. would you would you say in all honesty that like it's opening up people's perspectives or do you think that a lot of people are maybe closed off in their minds to maybe seeing things differently? I think, I think it's what you said at the end of that is that people are seeing what they want to see yeah um and that they're digesting content that Mm -hmm. is affirming things that they already believe yeah they're finding like supportive evidence for their side versus like being open-minded which is something that is so common today like in Mm -hmm. politics in any of that realm yep almost even in like the faith realm too, it can be so easy to keep this mindset of I'm right, you're wrong, but then lack to either provide the evidence to prove your case or reject the evidence that is against you, Mm -hmm. which I'm a comm major coming from GC. And one of the classes that I took was argumentation and advocacy. And I actually learned in that class that the best way to win an argument is to actually know your opponent's arguments against you better than they know it. Because then you have complete advantage over them. Because you know what they're already going to bring to the table. And if you have something to combat that, then you're already on the winning side. Yeah. But it sounds like in this coronavirus pandemic, 
that a lot of people are taking the side of maybe this victimization that like the the government is screwing people over. Maybe there's like some conspiracy behind this, mm-hmm. but they're they're pointing fingers and they're blaming everybody else, but they're not opening up that perspective for their argument to see that maybe maybe there's more to this than just that. Yeah. And that isn't to say that you've like caused the virus by any means, but let me just like let's just dive into this whole this victim mode of being almost immobilized and being at home. Let's say situationally, you're at home, you ain't got a job now. Let's say let's just put this as like me. Let's say that I I I'm sitting at home, I don't have a job now. I'm not in school anymore. I don't really have like a routine and I can't really go out and I really feel like I just can't do anything in my life. Like, I feel like I'm stuck. I can't really do anything. Like, how do I, what do I do? How do I make the most of this? How do I have pure joy? How do I consider pure joy in this time? Like, what does that look like physically? We can talk about it all the time, but I need something on paper. I need to see what this looks like. Mm -hmm. So the first step to making change and getting things going is to be aware of it. Yeah. And so I think that there are a few things that we need to be made aware of so that we can understand the situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to understand is that life comes in waves, right? It kind of cycles. And that, brother. right now, the wave that we're experiencing is the coronavirus. It's crazy. It's unprecedented. It's never happened before. Um, certainly, there have been situations in the past, such as the world wars and things like that, that have had an even greater impact on the world. Um, And I think it's really important to first have the mindset that the situation that we're in is temporary. Yeah. And so that will allow you to kind of release mentally this anxiety of being stuck in a situation. Yeah. Um, And then I think another thing too is that you need to focus on what you can control. Okay, so like some controllables. Yep. What are some controllables that like people can focus on? Goodness, there's a million things that you can control. Um, you can control the content that you're consuming, your sleeping schedule, all of the habits that you do day to day. Yeah. Let's back up a second. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the content that you feed yourself. And even before that, let's just back up another second and let us just remind you guys that yes, this is temporary. But this isn't the first time something like this is going to happen. And it's not the last time that Mm -hmm. something like this is going to happen. This is something that, yes, it was unprecedented. But the world as we know it from a Christian perspective is cursed. The, ever since the sin of man from the fall from Adam and Eve, we have seen that there is death, destruction, evil, disease, natural disasters. There's so much calamity in the world. And it's just the, the world honestly crying out for a savior, for someone to come and redeem them. But let us remind you that, yes, we're going to push through this pandemic, but we also want to get into a mindset where you are always prepared for trials. It said in scripture that it wasn't if you were going to face trials. It says, consider it pure joy when you face many trials. Key word there is not if, it is when. So it's inevitable, right? People think when you maybe follow Jesus that like life is going to get better, that like he's always going to have his hand over you and you're going to be invincible and that Mm -hmm. nothing of life is going to attack you, which is completely untrue absolutely untrue. There's prosperity gospel out there that tells you that you're always going to be you know, rich and provided for. And that stuff's evil. It really is. But a true authentic Christian perspective tells you that you're going to go through trials. So maybe at least prepare for them. So with that being said, 
preparing for a pandemic can go a couple different routes, but I think the route that we want to take is giving you guys some steps on how you can do it now going through it so that it gives you more guidance as to when something does come up again, you know what steps to already take. Now, I'm not talking necessarily like financial and like start saving your money, have a security account set up, maybe pick a job that's more on the essential side. That's Those aren't the things that we're necessarily saying. But there's going to be other struggles in your life than just coronavirus. Coronavirus absolutely is taking a huge hit on us, but you're going to face trials of many kinds. And we we obviously like can't list off every single challenge you're going to face in life, but there are always things in life that we can control. The victim mode, the victimization mentality is always that like you have no control, that you've always just like been like the victim of something that you um, you have no say or like you can't make any decisions and that you're kind of just stuck and you point fingers. And it can be so much easier to do that than to get off your butt and do something about it. And so I think for for what we're trying to get at is, man, if you're in a position like that and that's something that you're doing, if maybe you're pointing fingers, you're just kind of sitting around doing nothing, then this is a call out that this is time that maybe you should start stepping it up and start taking action and being productive and focusing on what you can control versus what you cannot control. So some of the things you cannot control necessarily getting a job. You can't control that if the economy isn't doing well and people can't hire you. You cannot Mm -hmm. control that. You cannot control the government and what they choose to mandate, the CDC regulations, the the recommendations and the requirements that you have to do. Like you cannot control that. You can vote. You can vote. Yes, you can. Uh, But (laughs) in a time like right now, I mean, you can't control what like the CDC says. They're going to give you their guidelines and whatnot and you have to obey and, and follow what those are. Um, but some of the things that you can control would be things like your attitude or maybe even the content that you consume. So Christian dive in a little bit into what you feed yourself grows. Yeah. So I think something I want to touch on too is how important it is to maintain your mental well-being during Mm -hmm. a time like this, um, and creating consistent habits that create structure in your life. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people who, who being stuck at home, they just kind of have faded into these, this lack of structure that reduces them to watching Netflix all day long and not really being productive with their time. I mean, it is, I mean, it is tough. Like you, you had a structure, you had that all before. It's not Mm -hmm. like they, you know, I was lazy before or whatever it was, but like, you know, you get hit with something like this extreme. What do you do? How do you, how do you get out of that? Yeah, it's really hard. Um, And I think the best first thing to do is start small, create Mm -hmm. small habits. Um, I know that if you want to get into the habit of reading every single day, don't go for the goal of reading a chapter of a book. Go for the goal of reading a sentence. And yeah. over time, as you read a sentence every day, then you can start reading two sentences mm. and three. Then you start to read a page, mm. a few pages. Mm-hmm. And it over time, it becomes like brushing your teeth, where it's this natural instinct to go and do that action. Um, and that can be applied to many different scenarios. It can be, like I said, reading a book. It can be even applied to eating vegetables, um, going to bed at the right time, working out, those sorts of things. Um, And once you get started with a few, then that will go into all areas of your life and kind of multiply um, 
and joint together into helping you become a more disciplined and structured person, which yeah. is fantastic for your mental state. That's 100% gold. Like we're going to, I'm going to repeat that. I'm just going to, we're going to take that concept and then we're going to simplify it for you guys. There's a book out there called Atomic Habits by James Clear. A phenomenal book. If you guys have not read it and you like reading, start reading it, mm -hmm. build a habit out of it. Mm -hmm. But what James talks about in the book is how all of us in life want to build like new habits. New Year's Eve comes around and you want your New Year's resolutions goals and you want to start working out. You want to get on a diet. You want to start, you know, building a better lifestyle for yourself. But what happens is everyone jumps in going a hundred percent, whether mm -hmm. it's going to the gym five days a week, whether it's reading a chapter or two a day of a book, whether it's um, going on walks, whether it's like completely cutting food out of your diet and just going straight salads and like keto. And what happens is you can do it only for so long. And then by the time that you got in a month, maybe two months, man, if you're really good three months into it, but then it falls out of place. And the yep. reason why is because, listen to this quote. This comes from James Clear. Listen very carefully. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. So just like Christian was saying before, when it comes to setting goals in life, you don't necessarily want to start big and go huge with like maybe saying reading a book, like we're trying to read a chapter, maybe read for five minutes, maybe read for three minutes. You have to figure out what your level is that you're at in terms of your goals and what you do want to push for and make it somewhat of a challenge, but do not over like, you know, challenge yourself in those different areas. I'll give you an example. You want to start working out again. Now, this is something that I've always been off and on doing. It's been a habit of mine. It's been out of a habit of mine. It's not something that I've like been 100% consistent in, but I can definitely pour into just like the testimony of what happens when you do not set your goals the right proper way. I used to, uh, a few years ago when I was in high school, my routine of working out was going five days a week, going hard. I would be there for like at least like two or three hours. It was an odd routine. I had like a late start for high school, but I would stay up super late at night. I'd go work out at a 24-hour gym at like 11 o'clock at night. I would finish around 1 or 2 p.m., get home, fall asleep, wake up for school. That was my routine. And I was pretty consistent with it for a while. It was my routine. It's what I did. And then I kind of fell out of it. And then when I wanted to start it back up again during my freshman year of college about halfway through, I was trying to do the same thing. I tried to jump right back into doing five days a week for like a couple hours at a time. And I fell so hard out of it because Ooh. it just, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work if you had that kind of system before, but your system has failed, it's lost itself, and you try to jump in back at it, it's not going to work. What you have to do is create a system and then build off of that system. And what we, what we mean by that is creating a habit small so that it can grow. You can't grow a system if it hasn't been created yet. So what we're saying is like, if you want to work out, go to the gym. This is going to sound crazy. Go to the gym for five minutes literally walk into that gym and walk on the treadmill for five minutes a day. Do that for a week straight. Once you've done it for a week straight, if you feel like you need to do it again, then go for another week. Do it until it takes you to build that habit of putting that into your routine of life. You take time. If you get in the habit of only sacrificing five minutes of your time and you go to the gym, then that now is a habit that's in your schedule. So now you're taking that five minutes and you can go now, I can do 10 minutes because I've already been doing five minutes for so long. It's pretty easy. I can slowly add increments. Because remember, ultimately, when you set goals, 
and habits. It's to create for yourself a lifestyle, not just a temporary goal. Most of the time, if you want to work out, if you want to get bigger, if you want to eat healthier, if you want to get better at a certain hobby, it's ultimately because you want it to be a part of your lifestyle. It's something you want to ultimately be a part of who you are. You know, you don't just go to the gym to just get big for a temporary six month training session or whatever it is that you're doing for a goal. Sure, you might have goals, but you ultimately, what your vision is, is that you want to become someone. You're trying to become something different. And you're trying to improve upon that in your life. And so by going to the gym, you're trying to get healthier. You want to live a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You want to be a healthy person. So when you guys are setting goals in your life, have that mentality and that focus into it, especially when it's a time like now during COVID and you're sitting around, you don't have a whole lot to do. Don't just blindly make goals for yourself because you feel like you have to do something. If you do, if you try to be productive, but you don't have purpose behind it, you really are wasting your time. So we would encourage that you don't do that because it's going to be counterproductive to what you do want to do. So what you need to figure out is who do you want to become? And ultimately, who do you find your identity in? Because who you find your identity in will give you guidance into who you want to become. Because if your identity is in money and success, you want to become a successful entrepreneur. If your identity is in fame and friends, you're gonna your goal is you want to be a famous YouTuber or an influencer. And so your your goals in life are trajected towards trying to become that. Mm-hmm. Now, for us as Christians, our identity comes from Christ alone. It comes from us being in the image of God and not because of anything we've done, but because everything he has done, we love because he loved us first. Mm -hmm. So with us, who we are trying to become is we want to become like Christ. So when it comes to setting goals in our lives, we ultimately are trying to become closer to Christ. So what that is to say is when you guys are setting your goals, figure out one first, who is your identity? And especially in a time like COVID, I'm sure your world has been rocked a little bit on where you maybe find your identity. Um, so figure out where you find your identity and realign it if it's not with Christ. And then from there, figure out who you want to become in Christ. Cause that's going to ultimately guide how you set your goals for you in your life. And I think lastly, that we wanted to touch base on comes from the concept of what you feed yourself and how that affects who you are, who you become and what you do. So Christian, maybe tie into that a little bit about like what you feed yourself grows. Yeah. So we're talking about what you feed yourself, not physically, not the junk food you're eating while you're on your couch. But that could be a good example. Yeah. Could it not be? It could be. Elaborate. So when when I eat or drink a lot of dairy, dairy is very inflammatory. Um, I notice that I have a lot of congestion and it's harder for me to think. Mm-hmm. So I try to stay away from eating dairy or drinking yeah. dairy, milk or whatever, because it allows me to have more clarity in my mind and be better physically. Um, And with that, it's really easy to see the cause and effect relationship between my actions and the result of that. Um, I think something though that a lot of people overlook is the way that the content that they consume affects them in their day-to-day lives and mentally. Um, And we've talked about a lot of different actionable things that you can do throughout this podcast. but we're just going to throw another one in the end here. Uh, I think this one has a tremendous impact on how you're doing mentally um, outside of the things that you do day to day. It's more of being aware of things that you're consuming and taking in in terms of content. So you can control 
the things that are being fed to you through social media, through the music you listen to, through the books you read, the articles you read, that sort of thing. Um, And so you really need to be careful of what you listen to, what you read and what you watch. Everything has an effect on how you're thinking. If you want to, if you want to become a certain way, you're going to repeat in your mind affirmations for becoming that thing. Um, and your mind is always thinking. So you're going to become something and you definitely have control over what that something is, whether you're aware of it or not. Um, a lot of people don't intentionally feed their minds with things that are going to benefit them in the long run. Yeah. Um, and I think being aware of that has can give you a tremendous advantage over people who are just going through life thinking that what they're intentionally thinking about doesn't really have an impact, like just kind of passively going through things. Sure. Um, I think for me specifically, I noticed a big change in my life when I decided to stop listening to, I guess you could say worldly music. Like I used to listen to Eminem and a lot of pop music and stuff. Um, and like that would be primarily what I listened to. Um, and a couple months ago, I just decided to just out of seeing the example of some of the friends that I have who listen just to worship music, um, I decided to do that. And, you know, it used to be hard for me to do that because worship music to me was sometimes a little bit boring and hard to get into. But after months and months of intentionally putting on worship music and getting into that mindset of just praising the Lord whenever I get into my car and whenever I'm working out, um, it over time grew on me so that it became easier to listen to the worship music and to connect with the lyrics and to worship the Lord in my day-to-day activities. And it has fed into my thoughts day-to-day. So I even notice that if I'm in the car with someone who listens to explicit music or whatever has a pop song with catchy lyrics, I'll notice that the next day, because I'm not always feeding myself with those things, the next day I'll realize that those lyrics are like being repeated in my head. And then on other days when I've only listened to worship music, praising the Lord is what's on repeat in my head. And I've like vividly experienced the difference between what my thoughts are like, just waking up straight up off the pillow from the content that I consumed one day to the next. And I think that when you're inundated with this pop music and this music that gives you a lot of half truths and feeds into an identity that is very worldly, like valuing money and the girls you can get or the things that you can buy and the way that people treat you affecting how you are, it feeds into that and it feeds into that subconsciously so that you're always thinking of those things, whether you're aware of it or not. And so, even though you may know that your identity is rooted in Christ, if you're constantly listening to things that are affirming the opposite, you're not really going to be aware of the fact that it is changing that belief subconsciously. Um, and so the most important thing that I, I would love you guys to take away from this episode is to be aware of and take action on removing toxic content from your life. Um, and replacing it with something beneficial and Christ-like. 
like replacing pop music with worship music, with replacing whatever Netflix series that you're watching with a sermon online. Um, and I know for me, because of how busy I am, it's been fairly easy for me to just make that switch and do that. And when you're intentional about it, it'll have a compounding effect throughout all the content you listen to. And I've even become more sensitive to TV shows and music that I listen to because now I'm so much more aware of how it affects me. Yeah, that's so true. There's so much truth. I would uh, agree into that. I think that uh, a simple example for me that I've experienced is I'm not really like a, a politics guy, but recently I've definitely done my like fair share. I think it was like a couple of weeks ago. I kind of got sucked into it. Now, the last time I've done politics or like got into it was literally, I think maybe I think it was like junior or senior year of high school and I had Twitter and those two together is like a recipe for disaster. So um, I definitely stopped on that path. But recently because of COVID and everything going on and just how much there is into the news and all of it, I kind of got sucked into it. And it wasn't that like necessarily my mind was like against God and it was trying to reaffirm something else in my mind, but it was distracting me from God. And the same goes with music. Now, let me remind you or just educate you guys. The enemy doesn't just attack us. He distracts us. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that one more time. The enemy does not just attack us, but he distracts us. The enemy actually doesn't have like, you know, the worst intentions for you in terms of harming you and like creating sickness and illness into your life. No, actually, he wants you to live a great life. He wants you to live a phenomenal life. He wants you to have the house that you want, the family that you want. He wants you to have the job that you desire. He wants you to be able to go and have your vacations to re retire with that loaded up 401k and Roth IRA and stuff. He wants you to have that. He just wants you to have nothing to do with Jesus. There's actually a TV show out right now. It's called Lucifer. Maybe you heard of it. Maybe you haven't. And it's actually really interesting. I haven't watched too much more of it, but I saw the first few episodes a while back and it was actually fascinating to see the concept of Lucifer, you know, the angel, the dark angel, Satan, come to earth and want to just live up life and how he played this like kind of like almost good guy. But anytime the name Jesus came up, he always wanted to change topic. He's just like, I just let's not even talk about that. Right? Let's talk about something else, because it's not necessarily that like he wants to. Yes, he does want to like destroy Christ and Christians, but like he wants to just distract us because ultimately that's going to pull us and tear us away from it. And I've experienced that in my life with with worship music so much that even if the music you are listening to isn't toxic, maybe it isn't that much of, of harm. I like to listen to like dance music a lot and stuff that's pretty much just like mm -hmm. simple lyrics and it has a fun drop to it. And I love bass. I love to play it in my car and stuff, mm -hmm. but it's not bringing me closer to Christ. It's still distracting me. So while it may not be harmful, it can still pull you away from Christ. Let that be, if anything, a takeaway for you guys today, that just because something isn't harmful doesn't mean that it's necessarily good for you. So with that being said, we want to encourage you guys to be aware of what you feed yourself because that will grow with you. That's what you're going to focus on. So if it's just pop music, it's going to distract you from Christ. If it is angry music, if you listen to like Eminem and like those kind of rappers that just sing like with anger almost just every single time that's the emotions that's going to evoke out of you because that's what you're putting in and that's what's going to come out and so man with that being said we would love to do a challenge with you guys christian and i are going to make a couple different uh playlists for you guys of just songs of like maybe christian rap and maybe christian worship 
Yeah. And <laughs> even just one that's a little little bit of like maybe the both. We'll, we'll figure it out for you guys. But we're going to have a couple of playlists for you guys. And we're going to do a 30-day challenge together. Have you guys, if you ever, if you've ever heard of K-Love before, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, they always do what's called the 30 day K-Love challenge. It's kind of silly. I've listened to the radio and yes, they play like the same 10 songs over and over again and over, but man, I've always noticed every time I get back on K-Love and I listen an instantaneous change of my thought, emotion, and spiritual like connectivity with Christ because I'm like instantly focusing on him. My focus is no longer on just a rap song about, you know, a guy making coffee for him and his girl in the morning, but the girl's gone by the morning or making a song about like, you know, the little things in life mean the most. Like those are cool songs I love to listen to. But when you think about the lyrics, it's not pulling me, you know, me closer to Christ. And so ultimately music has a huge impact into our life. If you didn't know this, the enemy, Satan, actually was the director of music in heaven. So if anyone knows music, it would be the enemy. So watch out to what you listen to. You never know what you know. You might be consuming into your heart that is not going to be good for you and your faith. And the enemy knows that. He wants to pull you away from it. So we encourage you guys, when we release this podcast to you, we're going to have the playlist listed down below. We'll have it linked to our YouTube channel. We'll have it available for you guys. But we want you guys to join us. We're going to do this together. We're going to go 30 days with only listening to Christian music. And we're going to just share at the end of this 30 days what you guys have experienced through that, how you've seen change. And we're going to share it on here. And we're just going to show you guys maybe just like a little insight into like how we want to make this a community effort. This isn't just about us, just about maybe teaching you guys to do something. No, this is this is something we want to do with you guys. We want to grow with you. We want to learn and expand our understanding of our relationship with Jesus and how we can apply that into the world. So if you're in entrepreneurship, if you're in leadership, whether you're just um, a casual goer by and maybe just working for someone else, which is totally cool. It doesn't have to be anything specific, but this can apply to all of you guys. And we really encourage you and want to maybe even hold you accountable to doing this with us so that we can see just what kind of change it can make in your life when you start to make slow habits and small habits into your life, little systems that you can grow and improve on to become a better version of yourself every single day. We love you guys. Peace out. Peace.